All right. Hello and welcome everybody to the Team Next Level Quad Pod. I'm Greg, joined by Marilyn, Rich, and James. What's up, gentlemen and Marilyn? <laughs> what the heck? I was looking at them. I feel like I never look at you because I, I have to. Right we should yeah. do like a volley for serve every time we do a podcast. No, I, I get seats. used to my seat. Yeah. Uh, how's everybody doing? Wunderbar. <laughs> better now with, with this. With that. Um, so we got a couple of fun things uh, this week. The main uh, goal of the show, Rich, you came up with the idea. So what do you want to title this show? What's this going to be called once we get into it? Whatever title is going to get us the most listens. Yeah. That, that's what we need. You've been we doing triathlon for 10 years and you still suck? <laughs> is that a good title? <laughs> I think no, that's, that's not you. That that not you. Not that's <laughs> right into <laughs> my soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody saw that. Yeah. It was not. Uh, yeah. Well, that is you had a tough title, day? <laughs> what's going on there? He is amped today. I don't know. Yeah. Second wind. Yeah. Um, so what are we going to call this? That's uh, a perfect title. <laughs> I, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. So we're going to get into that. Uh, but before we do that, we got something a little fun. Uh, I don't know who texted the group um, or me. No, I think it was the, the group, right? About yeah. we want to. So we're, can we say that we're sponsored by Power Bar now? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this year we got, we brought Power Bar on board uh, for our nutrition needs for the team. Uh, they've been great to work with. Uh, really trying to build up the brand again after a couple of years of being quiet. And they make some phenomenal product. Um, we Everybody, we've talked about it before, loves their hydro gels that are like kind of a thin consistency, taste real good, uh, but they only have two flavors. And one of the flavors they don't have that we all kind of love uh, because they make these delicious Coke-flavored gummies is th- that hydro gel and a Coke flavor. So somebody said they need to make it, and I took it upon myself to try and make it. Um, so we're going to taste test a couple of different concentrations of Greg's homemade hydro fuel. Greg, the professor. Yeah. The nutty professor. Sometimes <laughs> that's what I feel like. Um, yeah. So these are, so this is not urine in the jars. No, it doesn't. I hope it's very dehydrated. So those of you looking on YouTube, it's, you know, um, like if a, it is, I've got to get a doctor's appointment. <laughs> yeah. So that looks like, it's like a watered down honey. Consistency. We should start with and the lighter one. The, first, right? Should we start with a lighter one? I yeah. Think go so. lighter to darker. Okay. No, I don't know. I think so. Do yeah. you want to tell people what lighter to darker? Yeah. So, um, most of the, the new research out now about, uh, sugars and, and what's good to take in, uh, it, most of the companies are coming out with some kind of somewhere between one to one and one to two ratio of glucose to fructose in some kind of way. Um, so these are a one to one ratio of um, a version of maltodextrin and fructose. So it's pretty close to like Morton and SIS beta fuel, um, a little bit more or closer to that one to one than like Power Bar is a one to two, um, Never Second is a one to two, and there's a couple other ones. Um, so that's the sugar content and then they've got Coke flavor in them. So they all have the same base kind of sugar content. The thing that's different about each of them is just how much Coke flavoring they have in them or cola flavoring. I don't want to get (laughs) sued by Coca-Cola. Let's predict what we're going to like the best. I think I'm going to like the, the most cola flavor. The darkest. The darkest one. Okay. But does the texture change? Did you try these already? I haven't. Okay. No, I tried the straight, uh, the straight syrup by itself. Um, and it's, it tastes good. It tastes like cola. Um, I think uh, I'm, excited to see what they taste like. What's good is this is flat. There's no carbonation, right? right. So, no carbonation. So the idea is we can make up kind of like big jugs of this, like probably 32 ounce containers. 
um, in like a squeeze bottle or something that then you can transfer into a reusable flask. And, uh, you know, it's much less expensive than, especially for like day-to-day training and stuff. You can, you can put yeah. some salt in it if you want. Mm-hmm. This has got a little bit mm-hmm. of, of salt. I did not measure it out though. Um, and you know, just save a little bit of money and have fun playing around with it. How hard was it to put together? Very easy. Yeah. I made up a batch. No, no, no. You guys say it's extremely so difficult. Extremely <laughs> difficult. Lots yeah. of R&D went Some into it. titration right. yeah. was involved. Uh-huh. Um, I forget what else there was in chemistry. It's just another fancy big word. Um, <laughs> Different yeah. beakers. Some Bunsen burners. I did, have to do, I did a little bit of math <laughs> and that was about it. Now, uh, all this, all this stuff dissolves real easily and you know, regular water. You don't have to boil it. It's not that concentrated. Um, so the, yeah, yeah, let's try it. So, I mean, talking. I guess the so, test is more taste right now. Yeah. And then, at this point it's just no, taste. No, you're yeah. going to go run right after you take <laughs> each I, one. I, I think run. the, what, what like the trial and error would be like, does it upset your stomach? A hundred percent. So that's, yes. so once we settle in on a, a kind of ratio that we like, a flavor that we like, and then I'll make up a batch and we'll take it and Who's exercise gonna, with it. Yeah. Who's, you. who's doing we that? We chose that? you. <laughs> no, I, I, there's nothing in this that, um, should upset your stomach. I have a pretty iron stomach though, so I don't yeah, know if you go by too. me. I, well, I make my own like uh, drink mix and I use the same base sugars. Okay. So I've never had any problem with that. The the only thing, maybe the cola flavor, but I don't Rich, how's so. your stomach in general? Sensitive? I mean, it's not like the most sensitive thing, but it's also, I, like, right, I don't doing, like some things. Yeah. So you, like to, you like to do as much natural um, kind yeah. of gels and stuff as possible, right? Yeah. Is this vegan? Uh, I don't know. I think it would be, right? I, I believe so. So this is 20 to 1, meaning there's 20 parts of the base sugar. Salute. Yeah. Oh, it smells great. It's so good. So good. So I, good. I need more cola flavor. <laughs> okay. Really? Yeah. This totally doesn't taste like the like, cola gummy. It smells I know, but it's like not cola. Too sweet. Remember, you're, yeah. you're drinking this yeah. right. potentially so, for a long time. Sweet. I don't know how sweet. So we could play with that a little bit. Um, maltodextrin is not sweet at all. Oh, mm. So right. that is nice to kind of keep yeah, it from being good. cloyingly mm-hmm. sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, the syrup, though, is um, regular table sugar uh, or... Simple syrup? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I, think so, it, I think we could add a little drop the viscosity a little bit. Okay. Like less thick. Yeah. So it just kind of. Okay. That would have to, you'd have to, now based on this, this is like 30 grams of carbs in a two ounce um, shot, which I think is like what the cis gels are, about two ounces. So 30 grams is a little bit more than they have. So you could, you could water it down and still be at that like 25 grams of carbs per shot or per, you know, serving. I think I'm just spoiled by the silky smoothness of mm-hmm. Power Bar hydrogels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the hydro, but yeah. the, the other. So do we want to yeah. get a little bit Compared stronger? To a regular or do we want it? So yeah. we've got yeah. 16 to one. Let's keep 10 going. To, let's, I've cleansed take, my palate. Okay. Uh, wash it out with some. <laughs> take a margarita shot. <laughs> <laughs> How else do you cleanse a palate? Ginger. <laughs> and I've got all my like random jars that I collect. <laughs> Getting a more a little, a little more anise in this one. <laughs> I don't know. It tastes kind of the same. Yeah, I don't know if you can taste the difference too much. Not much mm-hmm. of a difference. Nope. All right. Well, then let's jump to eight to one because the next one's ten. So we probably wouldn't. This is real exciting radio it's, when we're just sitting <laughs> quiet, silently pouring. Yeah. Everybody's like on the edge of their seat. 
So we're going higher in concentration. Yeah. I like the first one still, or second. I need more cola flavor. Seriously? Yeah. Good with the, I like the flavor, I'm, but this it's, one's um, too much. It's getting more caramelly get, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's starting mm-hmm. to get a little more like sticky sweet. Yeah. yeah. More honey-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the four to one. I don't really... I, no, I, I think, think I like the 20 to 1 or the 16 to 1. Is there something between the 8 and 4? Or I have uh, no. All right. Well, let's go for it. Yeah. I have a feeling this is going to be too much. I'm four. not happy with that one. Okay. Too much. Yeah. Too much what? Good. Too much cola. Too much too cola. Much cola. Hmm. I mean, listen, the nice thing about this, I could make you guys up exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah. See, you get more cola flavor. You get more but, cola flavor. But it's, that's too sweet for me. Yeah. I like the I first agree. or the second. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit out a lot of... Mm-hmm. Some people like that. James. <laughs> no one likes <laughs> that. ASMR. <laughs> so, which one did you like? I think I do like the first one the most. Just mm-hmm. It goes down the best. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is... Um, it changes from cola. Like, the on the nose, it's very cola. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the actual palate, it turns more... Caramelly toffee, yeah, because yeah. it's so sweet, so sweet. Yeah. So it loses that that familiar cola taste. I like right. the first or the second. Yeah, yeah. I think so, the second one more. So next more. time I'm gonna get, I'll make up big batches and we'll test them out when we exercise and see what happens. Mm-hmm. We've got plenty of uh, raw ingredients. So fun, cool. Glad everybody liked it. Thank yeah. you. I mean, uh, I'm still gonna use power uh, the power bar hydrogels as my main thing yeah, yeah oh, 100 percent. Like, i think like so this too. morning i went out for a run early and i didn't have time to eat so i had to use a gel and it's kind of a waste hmm. yeah so satisfying <laughs> what just if you don't eat just have a gel yeah it's quick savory no <laughs> did you have the, one of the salty peanut ones mm. uh, no no they made a jelly with that too <laughs> so jelly and a salty peanut and then <laughs> and a bread ones. one oh. there's a company that does that I don't know if they're still called Split, and it comes in oh. it's like a, je- a peanut butter and jelly mm. in like a squeezed in like a huh. gel packet. I don't know if people just take them straight or they like literally like travel with it and put it on a piece of bread. I don't know. If anybody does use Split and wants to comment, leave a comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so the plan was today to talk about sort of how to deal with. Different things. Different. <laughs> Over the years, you've yeah. come to kind of like, see different things. How do you know if you're making progress or not? Yeah. Was that kind of the, the, the gist? Well, over time, you're going to encounter different roadblocks. And, you know, I think we talk about some of those roadblocks or how to wrap your head around certain things that are just not kind of like day-to-day, basic, you know, what's on the tail events of things. So where do you think we should start? The beginners. Okay. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So typically when you start out, beginners, you you see like, you know, you see progress right away. Right? Yeah. Like, well, so what are you expecting beginners to see as they start out? Uh, I mean, everything. Everything <laughs> should get better right away, like very quickly. There's so much opportunity to get better at like actual skill. Yeah. Like yeah. you're swimming in the <clears throat> beginning you might be terrible technique wise and then you start getting better and better yeah as there's immediate improvements there or just getting more comfortable on a bike mm-hmm. uh, i was listening to the last or two episodes ago and how like you said you spent so much time on the bike when you're on the bike uh, in a race you you're not stressed out or anything but 
I remember starting off and maybe Marilyn was saying like on a tri bike for the first time, oh I was gosh. like, it was death treacherous. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm probably was using so much. I was had yeah. such high cortisol stress levels, just riding, just wasting just, energy. Yeah. Just, yeah. But once you get comfortable, then I'm sure it's a much smoother experience. Yeah. yeah I think if you don't know how to swim and you, you just kind of swim, you get better fast. But if you already know how to swim, I think it takes a little bit longer to get like everything down. Yeah. I think even if you're just starting off, the swim takes, that learning curve is long, I feel like. It yeah. takes a while to I mean, really like if, be comfortable yeah. and, yeah, it takes a bit. If you if you yeah. don't know what you're doing, you're yeah. going to see results right away. But if you kind of like, you know how to swim, the little improvements that, you know, save a lot of time takes a little bit longer than other stuff. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, that rapid improvement might set you up for difficulty later because like that plateaus that stops mm-hmm. like those newbie gain newbie gain oh. <laughs> <laughs> too much syrup. newbie gains don't last forever no. right so mm-hmm. you know when you're starting out you're getting you know in triathlon you're getting aerobic improvements you're getting neuromuscular improvements you're getting just skill improvements and all those are on top of each other and lead to just this huge improvement rapidly like within weeks yeah and then that starts to level off, but you're used to that quick gain. It's like, a, you know, going on a diet, you know, and having those losses that, you know, you lose two pounds, three pounds in the first week and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to weigh 10 pounds by Christmas. Like, <laughs> and then it suddenly stops. Especially if you get a coach, I think, even if you, let's say did one of the three before and then you start training for triathlon with a coach, I think you'll see improvements even faster. Yeah, hopefully, because they're putting you towards like they're, right, they're they, the they've right got path. all that experience. They've seen, you know, when you do it by yourself, you're learning it every time all by yourself where mm-hmm. you have somebody else who might see five, 10, 20 athletes a year. They get 20 tries every year to get it right. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, which, which things do you guys feel like you improved the most in the quickest? Where did you see that, that big improvement? I think I got faster in the long course on the bike with the most improvement. What do you mean faster in the long course? Like, so if like most improvement, if we did like a sprint, probably I would say. Oh, okay. I would say maybe run or swim. But for like the longer distance events. Okay. The improvement was really for me on the bike. Yeah. Because once you get kind of like down, kind of you got it, you kind of know what you're doing, you know how to put one foot in front of the other, one hand in front of the other, like where are your bigger gains if you're looking for a long course? Mm -hmm. I don't know that my running is tremendously different, but um, biking, like you could really work on so many different aspects that will, and it's a big part of the the longer course races that it really improves your overall time. So, you know, you make... We talked about this last week, but it's worth mentioning here that if you make improvements on the swim and long course, it's not, I mean, it's saving you time, right. but it's but not, not saving you time. Yeah. Whereas like on the bike, you're saving time and let's yeah. say, you know, your scale, your wattage goes up. You can be saving some decent time there mm-hmm. because it's longer. Yeah. You guys? I don't know. I, I think I would say all three. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Out of those three, though, which one's the most? <laughs> I mean, swimming, because I never swam before. Yeah, but Did you were you a good runner, right? So, like, you saw improvements was, even in running? Yeah, because I That's was cool. running, I was training wrong. 
and just running fast all the time, too much running. Yeah. So I saw improvement, probably not the most in running, but I did see improvement there. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's nice to, to know that, that somebody right? can mm-hmm. go from a sport that they were already good at and by training less for that, but probably more in total, yeah, you're, just you're training still smarter. You're still getting better mm-hmm. at that sport. You don't have to like give up getting better at running. Yeah, no, not at all. That's good. Over to you. I think even though I cramp up on the run a lot, mm-hmm. I think my running is what improved the most because I was never, um, I was never like considered myself a runner. I just, you know. I'd started tolerating it because of doing like Spartan races is mm-hmm. what kind of got me into that track, but I was never a good runner. And then I think just, um, building base and just being able to hold a pace over a long period of time. That's where I saw biggest improvements where my heart rate would stay lower and still be able to go at a certain pace. I think that was my biggest gain. Cause I think I just focused on that mm-hmm. a lot. It was just, yeah. I dedicated it as much because I think that was my most uncomfortable part other than the swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So where do we go? Well, how about you? I know. I mean, yeah. I know it's a long time ago for you, but try to. Yeah. Think I, back. I mean, that's one of those things that like swimming, I can't tell you how much I improved, how quickly. Um, the bike came on really quick for me. Uh, I, I feel like I, within, within a couple of months, I was pretty darn solid on the bike. Um, not with like handling and riding in a group or anything like that, but just fitness wise, I, I was, I got good quick. Um, and then like for a couple of years, every year I made like a big step up on the bike for Mm. probably like three years. It was like every year I came out, out of spring into the spring, a new rider. Um, and I haven't really gotten that with triathlon yet, but I mean, who knows? So then we have inevitably all hit a plateau. Yep. Mm. So then what? Because I, I know uh, <laughs> when I used to do powerlifting, I would follow these protocols and it was like a five by five, like five reps, five sets, increase my weight by 10 pounds every, every time I added a session. But eventually you hit a plateau. Right. And the protocol was if for three workouts in a row, if you don't complete the set, then you drop your weight by 20% start back down at that weight, go back to those rep sets. And then by the time you get back up to that weight that you failed, usually you're able to bust through. Hmm. And if that didn't work, then you would drop or you'd go to a point where you're only raising by five pounds a week. And Mm -hmm. so there was always something to get you through a plateau. Um, Is there something like that for triathlon? The equivalent? I don't know. It's hard. Um, Yeah, but like training at the top of the curve where it's like the gains aren't huge it's way different and so when you do hit a plateau i think you have to think about what race you're doing Mm -hmm. do you have to first see what you've been doing in training and make sure that it's the right thing yeah i think that's a a good thing before you before you switch it up is Mm -hmm. like see what you've been doing um i think that one of the toughest things with endurance sport is some of the changes that you're creating the gains that you're getting are are really small but over years they compound and in 10 years you're a different athlete than you were 10 years ago mm-hmm. but like i mean think about it like i would give my right arm for 50 watts of ftp right 
but like <laughs> that might get you 50 watts if you took off an arm. It's going to hurt you on the swim. It's going to hurt on the swim, right? <laughs> but like, what if I got five watts a year for 10 years and then, then I got my 50 watts, yeah. but like, what does five watts a year look like? Like that's a really, really small change, almost small enough where you look at it and you're like, oh, I'm doing all this. Am I getting any better? So I think it's important that you like make sure that your training is focused on some kind of goal. And I think that's the difference between training and working out, right? We've talked about that before where you're not just saying like, oh, I'm going to exercise today. Like you have a goal, you're, you, that's part of a bigger plan and it's focused on something. And then you have metrics to along the way to see if those things are working, but recognize that some of them are take a really long time to see enough change where you're like, whoa, I'm a different person. Yeah. So I think I want to double click on one piece of that, which is long course and short course for short course. I think I'm with James where like, it's a little more similar to you want to break through something. You can kind of break it down for the short course. And I I think as people do long distance tries over time, they'll learn you can't do what I tried to do, which is go from zero to hero in one year. Mm -hmm. So your gains are going to be there. They're going to be incrementally smaller. They're going to take longer. You're not going to build up that aerobic capacity or that huge wattage over a shorter period of time. You're still making improvements. You just got to trust the process that it's longer and you're, you may not actually be on a plateau. Mm-hmm. You're just making gains over years as opposed to what you expect to see in short course, which is like I'm going to make these gains over a few months or half a year. Yeah. But even in short course, for short course, you have to be faster. So that's even hard, yeah. right? Yeah. To see those gains in speed in short distance, not always easy. Yeah. I mean, the one nice thing, like I definitely agree with the distinction you're making. The, the higher, closer to max effort you are, the faster those systems tend to respond to training. So you want to see an increase in your sprint speed no, not sprint triathlon, like sprint max effort kind of sprint, that trains up very, very quickly. So you see huge gains in that when you do a focused sprint training block. That's cool because then you could see it quickly. Yep. VO2 max responds really quickly. A couple of weeks, you can have a huge bump in your power at VO2 max. Like that's measurable in FTP. Now we're coming down the power curve a little bit, right? FTP you know, you might get a good bump, but it's going to take a while, you know, and now we get into long course stuff and we're out at that far end of the power curve that takes years, you know, so it's sprint distance. And that's probably why training for a sprint and an Olympic and stuff like that, the shorter end of the power curve is smarter to do early on, you know, because those things can be trained up pretty quickly, but that long endurance that allows you to go and ride at the top of zone two for six hours, like that takes years. Yeah. So you're going to, you're not necessarily going to hit a plateau. You just maybe think about it and say, okay, where am I racing and am I making progress over the years? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's so the You have to adjust your, your time horizon and expectations. I think that's a big mm-hmm. part of it. And so, understand what type of races you're doing and what you want to get better at. Yeah. Um, I follow a guy on um, Twitter, Alan Cousins. He's a researcher, physiologist, um, coach. Um, I just really like what he has to say and the way the angle he takes on stuff. And he, he said, most people, uh, 
overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a five-year period. So like if you, you know, we're sitting here and I'm like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds by next year. That might be a little too, too drastic. But if I say like, I want to, like, I probably underestimate what I could do in five or 10 years if I just stick to, you know, the proven stuff that works and just realize that it's going to take a long time to get those gains. Yeah, what, 10 no pounds by there. 10 Christmases from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just like most of us don't realize how good we could be if we just took a much longer look at, you know, what we're going to do. Because like you said, those, those, especially the longer events, it takes a long time to train to a point where you can handle those kind of things. Yeah. So this, that's, I guess, a really good perspective. If you're doing the right things, you're just maybe yeah. uh, having the wrong expectations. So what if you're like not doing the right not, things? Not doing the right so, things. So like, mm-hmm. how do you identify that? So you're, you're putting in a lot of work, nothing is getting better. Maybe you're getting injured now, or you're just always too wrecked to do your next workout. Yeah. What are some warning signs or things you have to evaluate at that point to say, all right, I can't keep doing these same things and expect to get better. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, just cause I was a fan and watching, you know, tennis players at the top and there's only a handful of them and you, you could see them as they get older and you know, they win grand slams over a period of time. They don't all stay with the same trainers and coaches and plans and the really good ones change it up. And I think it's applicable to a lot of other things, including triathlon. And I'm not saying you need to throw everything out and just figure out, you know, new new diets, new plans, new coaches, whatever it is. But you definitely want to evaluate your evolution over time. And so if you're kind of like you got what you got, the way you needed to get out of the first year of training, your first few times of doing the same kind of plan, the same kind of training, Let's let's change it up, right? Let's if you if you nutritionally something's kind of feels the same period over period, time over time. What can I change up, right? Um, and then you know, I think also it takes time to develop that trust and um, relationship with your coach. And over time, then you start to say, you know, I I start to you you start to change the needs of what you have. So you you say I want to try these different things. What do you what can we do about that? So I think those things are, are good to think about if you've really you know wanted to hit that difference over time. Yeah, I think if you can be brutally honest with yourself, that's that's a big part of continuing to see improvement because it's very easy to fall into a routine that doesn't create the right kind of stress for improvement and unless you are willing to really look hard in the mirror and, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable, then it's hard to do, do those things, you know, to look and say like, all right, I've been putting in 10 hours a week and I'm here. And like, what's the reason I'm not here? You know, what's the reason I'm not for those hour, of us listening, hour. he's moving. I just moved my hand. <laughs> six inches. <laughs> you know, what's the reason that I'm not, better like like that's a hard discussion to have with yourself or with a coach or whatever like but if you want to improve you have to be willing to say like okay i was doing this wrong or you know this didn't i didn't respond the way that i should have to this or whatever the case is like you have to be brutally honest with yourself i'm not trying to just imagine um like before 
if I didn't have teammates, if I didn't have a coach, I would have just kind of like, I think traditional thinking is like when I would just work out, like mm-hmm. you just want to destroy yourself because you yeah. feel like, all yeah. right, you want to break yourself down and then, you know, build yourself back up and then just keep repeating and just constantly just like yeah. see how much can you take. But, you know, you quickly learn in the sport that's that's not the smart way and you're 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 probably not going to see improvement. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the beginning a little bit, it's, but it's sometime, at some point you'll plateau. Yeah, and maybe and then, probably go backwards at that point. Yeah, and that, that was my thinking. I would do a race and I would keep having the same results. So I'd get mad at myself and then just train harder and harder and harder and it was not going anywhere because... I was destroying myself instead. Mm-hmm. Fight smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are important. But I And I think, I really do think taking a longer look approach to it all is big. Um, I'll tell you guys, like when we sat, when I, I think I've shared my two-year plan yep. with you guys all, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like when I sat down to write that, that was like an eye-opening thing for me to just like, because I wrote it, I guess, two and a half years before I decided, like before the the date that I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. Um, that allowed me to take them. I mean, in two, I don't know if two and a half years was enough time, but like it, it allowed me to say like, okay, what do I have to do to get to that point in two years? Like it's, those are tiny little baby steps, not like, oh, I got six months to get ready for this and yeah. not cramming mm-hmm. for a test. It's like, and I laid it all out and was like, okay, you have to be able to do these things. And it's like, okay, you got to be able, then you can set little mini goals along the way. But like that helped me so much to just step back, take a longer approach, look approach to it. And like, say like, where do I actually have to get to? Cause not just some random numbers I'm pulling out of my rear end. That's like, you know, sound nice, but you know, realistic kind of things. So that long approach is nice. Cause it doesn't seem so stressful because you're like, well, it, like you said, it's yeah. broken down into little pieces right. in a long period of time. Yeah. So I think that's a that's a good way to do it, um, but when you reach those plateaus, it's really tough to figure out what to do. Um, reading a lot, talking to a lot of people who have been through it, you know, not getting upset at yourself like that's I'm sure that's a super common thing. You you mm-hmm. don't you, you can't PR every race you're in, mm-hmm. you know. No way. Yeah. And if you could, you'd be at the Olympics in a couple of years, right? <laughs> like if that happened. So, but I think people are hard on themselves mm-hmm. and think that that should be the case, you know? So where to now? Well, we should talk about like what makes you hit a certain like wall, right? Yeah, that's like a good we'll talk idea. about. What makes, what causes the plateaus? Right. And some of those things are within your control and, and some of those are not. Right. And I kind of think about this where people hit a plateau and the first thing they look at is gear. Mm-hmm. Like, well, <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> I think if I got a better bike <laughs> or yeah. a carbon shoe, yeah. that's it. That's just going to fix it. But um, yeah, I think it, you have to look what Greg was piggybacking off of Greg's But those thing. new toys do help with motivation sometimes, right? Like having that new thing to play with might sometimes be the kick in the butt that you need. It's like the placebo. Yeah. Or it's just a psychosomatic, like Mm -hmm. you, that new bike, I want to ride that new bike. So I'm going to ride more. Like, there you go. You know? Um, I don't know if that's where I would start, but. No, I wouldn't start buying new stuff for sure. (laughs) Just like. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Some people do. 
I was thinking about today, like, oh, which bike am I going to sell? Oh, God. Yeah. Not buy, to uh, sell. I got to sell. You got to get rid gotta of one. Pick one. <laughs> I'm going to sell the bike I'm going to buy next. <laughs> 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 yeah. So some of those things are, are um, you know, physical and you kind of have to be honest with yourself. You just kind of, your physiology, um, there's a certain body type physique that's like an ultimate ultra runner. There's mm -hmm. some, and if you're doing this long course or short course, what kind of physique do you have? Where are you? And right. sometimes that's something to look at first, right? Yeah. I think you have to look at, um, like you don't, you don't get change unless you go like outside what your body is used to. Like you, you yeah. have to force adaptation. Mm -hmm. Right. But is it the right amount? So is it too too little or too much? And mm -hmm. so finding that right balance. And you know, when you're you're looking at our metrics and TSS and all those other yeah. letters and stuff, you know, it's it's I you know I don't think about it, but you're you're making sure we're getting the right amount of um, load and fatigue and all that. We're trying to, but again, it's like it's about being brutally honest, and it's about having those conversations so that like because I could program you know, if I'm working with an athlete and I can program the heck out of them, they still have to do the workouts. Right. Yeah. They, and then I have to get the feedback that says like, no, that, that was too much. That mm -hmm. like, that ruined me for two days. Like I need to know that so that I can then adjust those things. Like not everybody fits into a cookie cutter. I also think that on the flip side, you have to be honest with yourself when you're doing a workout, like, are you going too easy? Yeah. Are you actually challenging yourself? I mean, like don't destroy yourself, but are you actually right forcing adaptation and yeah. if you're just doing the same thing over and over again and you're yeah. comfortable you're probably going to stall out or not see any progress right and but i but i do think and we, we should probably preface this by saying like there are those are for certain workouts right i don't think you should like if if the plan is two hours easy you shouldn't have to ask yourself like am i going mm -hmm. there? like yeah if the plan is two hours easy like you should know what easy feels like and you should be there. And if you're not, then the person you're working with, if you're working with a coach, great. They need to be on telling you like, no, your heart rate was 20 beats higher than it was supposed to be. Like chill out. Um, I think another one just to, it was like an aha moment. It was like, you can be doing this amazing stuff, but in the last few years, at least for me, whatever, in the last few years, like sleep was huge, yeah. right? Like if you're not yeah. sleeping, no matter what plan you have, mm -hmm. how much stress you're putting your body under, yep. no matter what you're doing, and that's recovery, right? But if you're not sleeping, like that, you know, that's the first thing I'm going to say, like, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just get some sleep. It's got to be somewhat of a priority a little bit. I think. Right? Like, but that was, that's only in the last, I don't even know how many years. Yeah. And I think you see it across the board. I mean, you're in kind of the um, big business stuff and like <laughs> <It's> business <laughs> i don't even okay. know what to i mean i kind of know sure. what to do but like you know I'm, I, I'm a teacher i don't i don't know that but like rich is like little Chandler. business yeah that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> no one um, knows what he does <laughs> but like even like c-suite executives now prioritize rest. where it used to 10 years ago it was like oh i stayed at work until three in the morning mm -hmm. and slept under my desk and like then got up at five to get back to like, work on the like that's not cool anymore right like now. I wish that transferred into like the medical professional profession because they still have those like 24 hour shifts for right. like, yeah. Yeah. like, I don't want to be seen by that. I don't doctor. want that. <laughs> <laughs> He's been up for how long? Yeah. yeah. Nope. Right. But like, so people have realized that rest is important. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Huge. a big part of it. If you're not getting enough rest, you're not, mm -hmm. you're not like going to recover. You're just you, loading and loading. Right. You can't train. You can't yeah. train properly. You're not adapting. 
I remember I was listening to either a podcast or um, something on YouTube with uh, the Norwegians, and it was Christian and Gustav, and they were talking, they were asking them, whoever was interviewing them was asking, like, what kind of recovery stuff are you using? Are you using cold plunges? Are you using saunas? Are you using Normatec boots? Mm -hmm. And they're like, we sleep and Mm -hmm. we eat. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, and that's 100%, that's it. Do those things and you'll be okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you hit the second one right there. Eating. Eating. Yeah, eating too. Yeah. That is where I know I have a lot of opportunity. Right here. I have a lot of opportunity. Really, guys? Yeah. I don't eat healthy at all. No. Really? No. And healthy doesn't necessarily mean the food choices. It just means quantity and times. Oh, all of the above. (laughs) (laughs) I just eat whatever I want. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I know I could... So I I'm pretty I I still have a lot of fitness gain that I can yeah, still work on. If it, yeah. But I just I know that if I cleaned up my diet, went back to measuring and weighing, making sure everything was as I don't uh, even think you have to go that far. Uh I mean, if I really it wanted to get serious, what your goal is, I, I think I it's good to calibrate. He's kind of yeah. joking around about it now, right? He's but if I serious. could just like, you know, as many whole foods as possible, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. think about what I'm putting in my body, you know, I think just the benefits of you know, reducing inflammation, better recovery, mm-hmm. more vitamins and vitamins and minerals. Like right. you would see huge, and just huge be gains. Deliberate about like, all right, what did I do today? What do I have to eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like if I switch from living to eat to eat to live, like <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know, where you I can, can still make a big eat switch. a lot and good food. But yeah. <laughs> can you do both? If someone invented some pill that, like, if I'm eating a gigantic bowl of broccoli and it's the same feeling as having a bag of chips, then yes. But yeah. it's like they're not the same. You can eat a lot can you of eat broccoli, broccoli it's chips. Not like it's not like the same. I'm not pretty the sure same. they make protein chips now. I've tried those. Yeah. No. No. And at a certain point, you get like it. That's just as processed as the yeah, yeah exactly. bag of chips. Like, yeah. It's just know. making you feel better, right? Yeah. To really like dial it in, like just whole foods. Nothing processed, you know, to cut out as much artificial sugar as possible. Mm-hmm. Like you can. Oh, you'd feel so much better. Yeah. I mean, you wake up in the morning, you'd probably feel like 10 years younger. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Let don't me know. know how, let me know how that works out. <laughs> as I sip my. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, but you want to enjoy life too, right? Exactly. So we're, yeah. We're not it's pros. If I was a pro, then yeah, maybe. I would have it if I was a pro. But I mean, here's the a thing. chef. There's not there's not too many 44 year old professional triathletes out there. So let's just right. give up right now. No, no, I'm no. just saying. Like you, you're you right. Only need you, one. Like how long can you like living right. like a monk like that? And not just with your eating, with everything, where yeah. everything revolves around training and performance and stuff like that. Like that might not be a realistic thing for the lifestyle athlete like us. Yeah. You know, um, you do have to have. You know, you can't just live like that and, and lead a normal, I don't want to say healthy life, but you know, I don't think, I don't know that you can do it. Yeah. Let's be balanced. Right. True. Um, so that's, that comes down to kind of our, our big pieces is, excuse me, balancing your stress, right. Is the training stress, the environment, the, the job stress, the family stress, the, all those, those stressors that you put yourself under your brain handles it the same way. So, and you need to think about that. Right. Yeah. You can't just say, okay, I've hit a plateau, something's wrong, whatever it is, I'm not making improvements, whatever. Uh, so what do I do only within that tunnel vision of athlete sport? Mm-hmm. And that's it. There's so many other stressors that right. are just I mean, added to you're, your life. You're, realistically, how much are you training per week? You know, percentage wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hours in a week, it's not that much. So 
there's a lot more other stuff that you can change probably to deal with that stress. And like you said, you get a little bit more sleep. If you can find 20 minutes a night, 30 minutes a night extra, that's an extra three and a half hours of sleep a week. Like that's no joke. It's a half a night's sleep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every week. That makes a difference. Yeah. Stressors come from everywhere and people yeah. don't think things are stressors, but like they are, they just, everything adds up. So how do you eliminate the stressors? I don't know. Some, I mean, it some depends on what the stressor is exactly. Yeah. Some and you can, some, some you can't. You can't. Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends on how big of changes are you wanting or willing to make. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a big movement now, right, into that whole mental health and, and being healthy. And a lot of it isn't actually about eliminating it. It's finding a way to ignore it. Mm. How to deal and with it. I'm yeah. good at that. That is no, no joke. Like I am. Please tell us more. So I don't like ignore I don't if your family is stressing you out, just ignore <laughs> I, them. Can't hear. My wife might say that. Um, no, I'm. That's that's a skill I have. I am able to compartmentalize and shut that kind of stuff off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't get stressed in an outward way um, that you would notice. You know, so are he's saying he's just like a ticking time bomb? He's just <laughs> sounds like one day, my first. He didn't say he manages it. He just compartmentalizes it. It's boiling or fermenting somewhere, like simmering. Yeah. Um, no, I just it's not. I don't know. I'm wired that way. Yeah. I used to be more stressed. Now it's just you know, you got to at a certain point realize what's important, and that's it. Everything mm. else, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the irony is for me my best way to relieve stress is to do training yeah. is mm-hmm. to exercise. And my favorite stress relief is to run mm-hmm. with no music or podcast or yeah. anything, just, just get a long lost. run and just let all those thoughts go in, on in mm-hmm. my head. And then I'm not actively trying to solve them or anything, but I'll think about it while I'm running. And then yeah. by the time I'm done running, like you just feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh random quick poll will go around, but I'll answer myself first. What eliminates more stress? And is it like doing meditation or yoga or doing any one of the physical activities that we do? Because like I get more stressed when I'm trying to do yoga yeah. than if I'm just going to go out that's, to like. Probably agreed. Agreed. You're not good at yoga. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. But I'm, you? you know, yeah, no, I'm okay. Okay. But even meditation, I'm, I'm, a, I'm good at meditation, but I don't think it relieves as much stress mm-hmm. for me as other stuff. What about you, James? Um, I don't really try yoga or meditation. Yeah, I don't so do I haven't given things. an earnest effort. I, I don't know. Come up with something. Just sit in there. But what I would say is, I think when I when I am running and I don't have music and I just hear my footsteps, you know, repetitively, I think it puts me into that um, sort of is. that meditation. same state. Yeah, and so I'm I'm just hearing the sound. I'm not thinking. It's just my mind just starts to flow, and so that that is my meditation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I've always swimming said, right. Like, if you go for a swim. Yeah, for me, it's not the swimming. It's it's on the bike. Okay. Um, but I do get into sort of a meditative, like very, sometimes a very introspective state. Like it's... The flow state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it is. And I mean, that's... I felt that... I've only felt that a couple times running. Um, and I think it's just because I'm relatively new to running compared to the other things. And I'm still like trying to get comfortable doing it. Um, but yeah, I've definitely gotten into those spots. Like I'm not a religious person, but like I feel like connected to something when I'm out in nature exercising. Right. So being out there doing something for me more that, than sitting still. Yeah. A hundred percent. But I, st- a I still love to sit on the couch and like <laughs> watch TV. I just don't do it that much anymore. But yeah. How about you, Marilyn? Same running, 
I mean, I, I, it's just great for me when I, when I can't do it, it's, it's not good. Mm. Have not you good. gotten to the point where biking is also not stressful at all? Have you like enjoyed yeah. it? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know if it's because we're always talking and there's like other things to worry about the traffic and the cars. I don't get in that same relaxed state, but when I run, yeah, I could zone out and just, I don't even know, you know, time just goes by. Mm-hmm. I got to get there mm-hmm. running and time just goes by the best that way to me, whatever when we ran you and me. Yeah. And we just, I did that, that you, session. You guys yeah, ignored each other. That session. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, I forget. It wasn't the most recent one. It was the one before that. It was like two or three runs ago. And for whatever reason, like you, I just got that runner's high towards the end. And like, I felt like we were just, it was great walking and talking. That's nice. Yeah. I think the best way to get into that run flow state is uh, sign up for a marathon. <laughs> and then when you get those, Would it be Philly? It, it <laughs> might be Philly <laughs> two weeks after. So when you North get into Carolina. those long runs, it's it's it just happens. You just got to give me 24 to 48 hours to think about it. <laughs> That's it. Next show, we'll ask you, did you sign up yet? You it's, been up yet? A, it's been how long since you talked about it last couple <laughs> weeks already? I, mean, I haven't even signed up for it yet. Yeah. I have to actually sit down with Greg and figure out, okay, what what would my training look like? Yeah. For Wilmington. And I'd have to sit time. down and figure that step out too. <laughs> I'd have to pay Greg extra. <laughs> no, that's part of it. But really though, like when it's, it's, I would say, um, I never got into that state running when I was just a casual runner and maybe running 20, 30 minutes. Like yeah. you, I'm actually still fighting in my head within 30 minutes that am I going to do this run? Uh-huh. And I always, actually, I always joke around and I think it's just the five, you go through the five stages of grief in a run because there's i don't know the exact no, you go through i go through it i don't know what all the fight but something like anger denial something and at the end it's like acceptance right so like or just bargaining so that's i go through at like, first i'm like i'm not doing this run i'm so i don't want to do it. i don't want. and then then you're like you know you're bargaining with yourself like, all right let me just go 30 more minutes mm-hmm and then eventually just like you're in it, you just accept it. And so I, I feel like once you do that long, you have to be training for something that's long. Yeah. You have to get past that initial discomfort uh, of saying, all right, you're, you've accepted it, you're in this run, and then your mind can just go. Yeah, I'd agree. Anytime I've had that kind of flow state, whatever you want to call it, uh, on a run, it's post. it has to be beyond like 45 minutes or so yeah. before I start feeling that. Like you kind of just surrender yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. I think Huberman talks about something like that with... Uh, What's he called it? Um, I don't know if it's like mental plasticity or something, but it comes yeah. from you. You have to get yeah. into an agitated state first. Okay. And then recognize I'm that there. Be I'm there now. Agitated. <laughs> you're agitated? All right. Let's, <laughs> once you can get past running. that, your your mind will kind of uh-huh. realign. and then. But you have to actually go through that agitation. Let, let's, um, mm. so like if to pull it back, like the back to the stressors and, and meditation, like I think also... Like you can't control the work or the family stresses sometimes, but what you can do is have an open dialogue and a conversation about it. And I think that helps. It depends on what you're training for. If you, mm-hmm. it's a totally different type of stress. If you like didn't have a conversation with um, your business partners or whatever, and you didn't have that conversation with your family, and now all of a sudden you're out for an eight hour bike ride, right? It's a right. different type of stress. And like, if you've kind of had that conversation and they know it's coming, they, they got yep. your back and then they know it's coming and this is what, what it's going to be like. It's, I think you can kind of manage that stress that way. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, what happens when you are training and you get like fatigued or tired and that feeling of like constant meh. 
or constant. Uh, it's malaise. normal. I mean, nobody wants to train every day, right? Yeah. yeah. How do you know that you're not overtraining or, or you know, you need to dial it back? So I guess you got to look at some metrics like uh, HRV. Yeah, HRV is Resting one heart rate. Yeah. HRV, there is a kind of caveat with that with women. It's not always, uh, it's not always accurate. So What's the caveat? Well, because during your cycle, it can affect HRV. Okay. So. While you're cycling? <laughs> not that kind of cycling. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. We need wow. Yvonne back here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I listened Whoa. to that episode. I was like, I was fired within the first three minutes. I think, I think it was. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, do you know, it, does HRV mind. respond about the same down, way? During um, I believe it goes each, down right before. Right before you get your period. Yeah. So, but does it go... I mean, it became, I'm still it's like tough. learning about it, but yeah. Do you know if it goes down by about the same amount every time? Like, uh, I you don't know, know that. Because it'd be interesting to know. Can you? I'll have to check. Like, med- like figure that into the equation. You yeah, know? I don't know if you can go by that because it because I mean, like your sleep can affect it. Right. A lot of other things. So yeah. how do you know? So exactly? how do you know it's that? And, and I think that's the else. issue why it's not you know like our Garmin or whatever can't tell mm-hmm. if you're where you are in your cycle in order to take that into consideration. Mm. So mm. Yeah. you have to deal with that regularly. Yeah. yeah hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, yeah, it is a good indicator either way. Cause it helps you be more introspective and be like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. You know? Okay. So HRV resting is one. heart rate, resting heart rate's another good one. Mm-hmm. Um, resting heart rate seems to lag behind HRV a little bit. Like, so if, HRV responds more rapidly to changes. Heart rate might, you know, like I, I knew when I got COVID uh, back in January, um, I wasn't measuring HRV, but my heart rate didn't show it until like a day or two after I had already shown symptoms and tested positive. Um, and I know that there were like, um, some pro sports teams were using HRV during like 2020 to, predict COVID almost well, not predict COVID, but like isolate people if they woke up and had a high reading hmm. uh, or a low reading, like anything outside their norm, they were like, okay, you're quarantined, whether you're sick or not. Like we're going to keep, because they knew that HRV responds really quickly to illness. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's that. And I think there's like, again, it comes back to what I said about being brutally honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Like you should ask that question every time, you know, mm-hmm. every time after a workout, like the more experience you does, get. Does Training Peaks use that? To, or is it more for the coach's feedback when you put in how you feel after a workout? You can see those subjective scores. Yeah. Um, but like you need to, so you look at those and be honest with yourself. Like if you've done this training before, like I know you, or you should know what easy should feel like. Mm-hmm. So was it? And be honest, not just like, oh, I'll tough it out because whatever. If it was an, a threshold effort, you know what that's supposed to feel like. Did it feel way harder than that? Were you not able to complete it? Like, okay, was it just too hard of a workout that day or was something else? Like, the more honest you can be with yourself, the easier it is to spot those kind of things. And sometimes you can be tired going into a workout and not really feel up to it. But within 10 minutes, if you're if you still feel horrible, then maybe dial it back or call it quits. But yeah. usually within 10 minutes, you're... Yeah, feeling fine. Right. I don't know. Jim just said he was fighting himself for twenty minutes I mean. on the run. <laughs> <laughs> like ten minutes in, he quit. <laughs> but it's it's similar though. Like in any workout, like you have to get over that hump. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, you're you're you have to. They'll go with your initial feeling. Right. But if you're progressing through that workout and yeah. you're like, okay, 
something doesn't feel right. I would say if you get to a point where you're failing a significant number of workouts and failure, meaning like you can't do it at the prescribed in the prescribed zone, right? Like if you, if you have threshold intervals and you're supposed to be working at 200 Watts and you dial it down to 190, that's not failing a workout, right? If you can't get through it and you quit and you do that a couple of times in a week, that's should be alarm bells, you know? So does it mean you're overtrained? No, maybe you're a little overstretched and you just need some more rest. Like it's not, maybe you didn't sleep well all week right. or whatever. Like you have stressed. to again, be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and look at those things. Or if you know, like, Oh shit, I only got two, two hours of sleep last night and I've got the hardest workout I've ever done on tap. Like, well, maybe you shouldn't. Right. Or back to the food. Maybe yeah. you've been eating like crap and <laughs> So maybe That's why I can't do the workout. <laughs> let's look at oh. it from a, li- of a different perspective, or you know, whatever the other way. So, what is overtrained defined? So, what is it? What is overtrained? T twenty guys. What does it mean? I think uh, this is when it's too late, but you either get injured or you get sick. So, is overtrained that- is injured. I, I mean, that's it's too late at that point. But it can, let's say, it, it leads to that. I would say for me, like I'll get, I feel like my immune system will definitely be wor- like much weaker if I'm overtrained, and then I'm more susceptible mm-hmm. to to getting anything, whatever's out there. Mm-hmm. Marilyn, what about you? I think eventually, yeah, you'll get sick. But I think, like Greg was saying, you can't complete the workouts. You're not feeling well. Your muscles are sore all the time. You're not sleeping well. Sometimes you're overtrained. You can't sleep well because mm-hmm. of it. Anything yeah. to add there? Yeah. So, okay. Um, training in the short term makes you weaker. Immediately after a hard session, you are weaker, right? That curve extends for a period of time down, and then you come back from it. Eventually, you get to a point where you're at the same level of readiness and or fitness as you were before the workout. Hopefully, you get a little increase, Right then you can do another workout. If you train while you're in that dip and you haven't recovered yet, then you create a further dip. Like you can't change that. You can't change that dip, right? Every time you work out, there's going to be that decrease in fitness. If you stack too many hard workouts too close together, that digs itself into a very, very deep hole that you can't get out of. And you have hormonal changes, you have all kinds of physiological changes. You have mental changes. Like if you're overtrained, you're going to be a cranky <laughs> SOB. Like you're not going to be happy. Uh, don't Stop, look. Looking at me? <laughs> Stop it. Rich, are you overtrained? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you, you do that enough, like, you know, your body changes and, and then all the kind of, like you can't catch up and you can't catch up on just fighting infections. You can't catch up on repairing ligament damage. And mm-hmm. that's where the illness and, injury comes from the visual for me is that you uh drain the battery and mm-hmm. you can't recharge it yeah yeah but you're draining it slowly it's like yeah. you're it's like if you know every night when i plug in my phone when i wake up it's at 100 percent. it's like imagine you're using your phone all day and then i only plug it in for 10 minutes right right and then i use it again for the next day and i plug it in for 10 minutes and like it plugging it in for 10 minutes might get me a week week's worth of use but eventually that battery is going to die and if like, and if you're bringing it back to like battery, like all the battery management systems now on your cell phone, cars, whatever, like they don't actually, when it's a zero, 
it's not actually like zero. If you actually let like a lithium ion battery go to zero, it's not coming back. Mm -hmm. Like so like the software will limit it to that you don't actually get that low because if you do that, the battery's damaged. It's too, right. it's too hard to to get charge back and, into it. And listen, if you legitimately overtrain yourself, like there's there's overreaching, and overreaching is going a little too deep. Oh, Jose got that. Yeah. Okay. So overreaching is just a watch. little. Oh yeah. On, right. The Garmin likes to yeah. say overreaching. Right. That's a you're lot. increasing the load too quickly <laughs> from what you've been doing. But overreaching can actually be a really strong tool because sometimes you you usually, if you give the rest at the appropriate time, you can get like a hyper rebound effect and get a big bump in fitness, but you have to rest at the right mm -hmm. time. And then there's overtraining. And that uh, there are people who it takes years to come out of an overtrained state and get their cortisol levels back online and get their testosterone back to where it's supposed to be and like be in a healthy position again to handle exercise. And that's, scary when you think about like these people are trying to be in better shape and they're literally killing themselves by overdoing it iron cowboy yeah i'd probably. love to he see that guy's blood panels yeah well he they're, he said like after that whole experience he had to go into therapy because he was stuck in this like adrenal fatigue yeah stuck in the the flight response his like he couldn't get out of it he was just stuck and and when you look at that and you're like okay this guy did 100 ironman distance races for 100 101 sorry yeah. 101 for 101 days it's a gigantic volume of work but it wasn't intense no right it was right to keep his heart rate mm -hmm. low the whole time right yep. so like that's one way to get it but also constantly doing hard work every day, even if it's not those kind of that kind of volume, can still put you in that kind of position. But if you can survive that and adapt, oh god! But you can't. I think I was uh, overtrained or something one time. It was a hard workout, and I texted James. I'm like, oh, and his response was, "I think you just got harder to kill." <laughs> <laughs> a good good what? response so like, oh, okay will, you, you don't get overtrained with one word yeah right? no no but you know no, it's just a it's, great it's response it's like a, you just got harder to kill <laughs> it's an accumulation okay. of uh of stress love it yeah mm -hmm. accumulation of fatigue fatigue right that's yeah but you have to build fatigue yeah yeah if you don't build fatigue you're not getting better mm -hmm. right you just have to do it in the right measured amount mm -hmm. smart smart and it's not obvious i mean like in in this sport, I think it's it's kind of like you have to take a long term approach. You kind of have to like play around a little bit and figure it out. But it's not that like very simple and obvious thing that you just see all the time. What is it? The fatigue or the overtraining? Like you, right, because you, you, you talk yourself into thinking that you should be you're doing you're running. 40, 50, 60 miles a week. You're riding your bike for 10 hours. Like you're swimming four times a week. Like, and you talk yourself in, well, I should look at all what I'm doing. I should be tired all the time. Yeah. It, it just gets, in, it's like a mental headspace kind of yeah. thing. Like it's a, it's a little different because mm -hmm. it's a little different than other sports, I would say. Yeah. Because I don't know that there's too many other sports. Like let's think about any other um, adult recreational sport because that's what this is, right? That takes up this much of your time. I don't know any. Is drinking a sport? No. <laughs> yeah, brings with it a whole host of problems too. <laughs> yeah. But like. I don't know. And I mean, it's normal. Sometimes you're going to be tired. Yes. 
And that's sometimes it's not it. going to come from your training. It's going to come from the other stressors, right? Yeah, not enough sleep, and that's a big part. Poor, of, like like mm-hmm. you were saying, poor food choices, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big thing. Like a, it's it's worth taking an honest. You've been saying yeah. like an mm-hmm. honest approach to it. Yeah, this just popped into my head. Uh-oh. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> this is more thoughtful too. I think is this um, going to end up with diarrhea. <laughs> well, you said it. But, um, when you when you're tr- when you're going back to being honest with yourself, I think you also can't fall into the trap of comparing yourself to other people. Yes, like just because one. someone else is doing this and they're doing that, like you gotta throw that all away. Like, it's, did we talk about that last week about Strava? Or we've talked about it some yeah. recently talked yeah. about getting off Strava. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Strava is terrible for people. Especially like with that. Can I still compete with the guy in the lane next to me yeah. in the yes. pool yeah. just for that 10 well, seconds? I was swimming next to I was racing Greg was, the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like swimming How next to you. I was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> The other day I was when I was swimming next to you. I was like, oh, Marilyn's probably thinking like, I'm like so I just on purpose, like, oh, let me speed up here. Because then Marilyn's like, oh, no, he's not going to be. So I was just like using that. No, we're all just going to secretly <laughs> race each other. <laughs> and I had fins on, by the way, when I tried to race you. It's only okay in the pool. It's a little yeah. easier. Because, yeah, one corner of your eye, it's like, oh, you see the person. Yeah. But, yeah, very smart. Like, very yeah. good point. Like, it, comparing yourself to others, just, it's a, it, it, it's a, I don't want to say it's a sport against yourself, but like that's where you should be looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, if the other guy has diarrhea, don't try to have diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> if he's eating bacon soda by the spoonful before his race, don't do that. I'm still good on the colas. So yeah. just, we're, we're still good on the colas. <laughs> yeah. What do they say? Comparison yeah. is the thief of joy yeah. or something? Like, mm-hmm. Never heard that, but that's a oh, good yeah? one. Oh, yeah. I made that up. Oh. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> just came up with that right now. Yeah. It's, sounds good. Chat GPT came we'll up with it. We'll put it on the t shirt. Yeah. Um, Along with the sesh. Yeah. Well, that's a thing now. So. Yeah. People everywhere are cringing every time yeah. I say that. No, just you. I was actually kind of worried because I was just joking about, like, oh, like, just make sure you, you tag Marilyn with a session. And Greg did. did it. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. What if, like, is happening a lot more than I realized. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope I didn't it is a, it. It is a thing. And like <laughs> Isabella heard it. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe they said that. It's <laughs> <laughs> phenomenal. Um, so we hit on overtraining. We've got a uh, lot to go. We do. Mm-hmm. We're okay. We We're in an hour. We're in an hour. We don't want to be over, over podcasting. Either. Oh, is that a thing? <laughs> Get yeah, we do it fatigue. every time. No, if, if I do have, if I have some longer workouts planned this weekend, uh, like the, especially the trainer, yeah, that I cannot do without some sort of stimulus. Greg, on the other hand, I heard you have everything. I'm like, when I was listening I to this, I was like, all right, I got Zwift on, music, a movie, yeah, something else. I was like, I don't even know. How I can't. Are, it's like, yeah, yeah. I have been papers. watching races lately, and that. I have, I highly recommend. Yeah? Yeah. Watching races. Bike races? Like bike races, yeah. That's awesome. I do think what's interesting is the uh, Zwift, I guess, crit races. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like they have, like you can be in a league and then people are just like sprinting. And I was like, oh, that looks. Wait, what? In Zwift, you can like sign up. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, race. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, I guess it's I've done those. Yeah? Yeah. I'm so happy to have joined the Zwift, one of the teams on Zwift. Oh, yeah? It's like a whole thing. ours? Well, we're a team, but then there was this for the longest time. Are I you on dirt? Yeah, I couldn't figure out what dirt was. <laughs> oh. And then when I did, I was like, oh, Dad's. this is awesome. How do I get on this Dad's team? Dad's okay. inside riding trainers. Dirt. Oh. Yeah. But Zwift races are great. Is yeah. that Mert? Yeah, they're fun. Is there a Mert? A yeah. Mert? They have a whole Facebook page. Yeah. And they have merch. They have merch. I stopped using Zwift. Yeah, did you? So what do you do? Just run the workout on your Garmin? 
Just goes outside. So then, what do you want? Like, what do you? What else do you do? That's it. That and our podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I just hope that there's a podcast episode to listen to. I need something to look at. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I just either something on like I think uh, Netflix or something I've already watched, or really a podcast. I actually was doing a lot for a while, like um, more like educational stuff. So that was like if I had time to catch up on to learn something new. I'd be on the trainer. Oh, I am not learning a thing. No, no. I'm doing a National Geographic is on. <laughs> bears are frolicking in the forest. I'm like, oh, cute. Not like, learning anything. Nothing's getting in there. Like audiobooks and stuff. Because no. I feel like my mind is ready mm-hmm. to like take there's, stuff oh in. God, there's something no. to that though. There is. There is. Yeah. Like, but you have to be at a low enough. Effort they tested. Level. Mm-hmm. I've seen them testing. I don't know if it was the Norwegians where they're they're not low. They're riding hard and they're asking them questions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. There was a, a show, I don't remember what show, but they were having them perform under like extreme stress, hard, um, hard things. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. And they found that under extreme stress, like you're, you're, you're mentally more acute and in, in like in tune and, and everything and mm-hmm. you're more focused and you like perform better. Yeah. I have all those things going on and I just bounce back and forth between each of them and barely pay attention to any of them. It's just... Sounds very ADD. Yeah, yep. it does. maybe, which is funny. Like, <laughs> I'm the. I don't think I have ADD. Like, I think I'm the poster child for the opposite of it. But maybe not. But like, when you're on the trainer, you want chaos, basically. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> it's that it much chaos. Like. It's like it's. It sounds like it. I, no, I mean, I think you said you're blasting music. music you? No, Marilyn's blasting music. Oh, Marilyn's. I've got music. I have music and Discord. And I only have Discord on when it's a group ride. I was just and a movie. Like, I was just thinking about the kids. No, not a movie and the race. One or the other. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it's, I, I don't know. Maybe. I could do it without the others. Like, I could probably, like, I've done it with just Zwift in front of me. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. it's fine. But why not music? Why not? Music's good. Try yeah. a race, though. Bike races on, like, on, are a good. Hard ra- on a hard yeah. workout. Too. Yeah. I just got to actually sign back onto Zwift again. No, not as no, Zwift race. race. Like, like watch, a, watch a bike race. Oh, watch, mm-hmm. watch a, like a, a Tour de France stage. And pretend yeah. I'm there. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to watch well. like the spring classics or something. Those are fun, exciting. Like, oh, Milan San Remo was this past weekend. Got the four biggest names in cycling went down the this mountain in Italy, right onto the Via Roma and like just oh, phenomenal. I want to I do the race where like uh, I'm the guy that celebrates too early. And I'm celebrating too early. And I'm just yes. like, oh. pretend I win, <laughs> yeah. hands up, and, and then, then the guys pass me right then. You? That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. That would be me. Actually, I would probably hands up and then I'd and fall. fall. I'd crash. He <laughs> cramped. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. yeah. That'd be rough. I don't know how we got down this. I know. Oh, tangent were we? here. We were, the- we were trying to decide if we should go through the rest of these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we can. Yeah, sure. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next one is. Um, how do you come back from injury? Because I think that like oh, really wraps up a ton. <laughs> we've all been there, right? It, it wraps up a ton of stuff um, that we've already talked about. But you you've overdone it. Now you're hurt. What do you? Where does the mindset shift to? What kind of approach should you take? Like, what do you? How do you go about it? I think you go through the first stage of grief, right? Or <laughs> last stage of grief. You accept it first. Yeah, because right? you don't train through it. There's yeah. definitely gonna be some denial. There right? is. Yeah, and usually that, For those of us that is recreational what actually leads type to the injury, right? Is the denial yep, part yep, because mm-hmm. you feel that little that little niggle, and you're like, "Nah, it's nothing." And then you run mm-hmm. on it for another week or 
swim with it for another, you know, couple or, sessions. Or five or six months. <laughs> <laughs> or that. I think the first step you do is um, you make sure you have access to a top-notch sports physical therapist. Um, so, yeah, that would that helps. Yeah. And then Just what? Ruin my flow there. <laughs> And then go in for a free uh, consultation and mm-hmm. just identify where you're at and see, is it something serious or something you can work through or do you need to take a pause and get some top quality one-on-one treatment with a customized plan where they understand the root cause of why you're injured and address that root cause so that you know all your other symptoms go away long-term. So mm-hmm. make sure you find someone that can do that. And if you need someone like that, I know somebody. This yeah, why episode don't you just was give- brought to you by Next, <laughs> Next- Level Physio. <laughs> <laughs> Located in Woodcliffe Lake, 123 Broadway, also 8 Lackawanna Plaza in Montclair, but 1055 Darrington. Oh, I don't know the address in Cary now. Darrington. Uh-huh. Oh, Jerry's not going to let you live We got to edit this later. <laughs> <laughs> but a, um, you touched on, on a good thing, right? Like get assessed. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Assessed. There's nothing wrong with getting assessed. Sometimes yeah. if you catch it early, and I've learned this the hard way, you don't even need to stop what you're doing. Yeah. You could. I had a shoulder thing. impingement and I was like, this is bad. Yeah, I and I went in and I was like, nope, it's not that bad. You're okay. Like, uh, uh, you mm-hmm. need to do this for a couple of weeks, but you don't need to go down, you know, uh, the whole injured route. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was great because you got the assessment and, and you knew what's up. So I think the mindset should be your world doesn't have to end. Yeah. And then we're in a great sport where there's options. So yeah. let's say you do have a shoulder impingement. So maybe you're going to have to scale back on swimming. You could still do kick sets if you want, right? Mm-hmm. Do be in the water doing something, yep. but you can now focus on bike and run, mm-hmm. right? Or if your calf is injured, then if you can tolerate the bike, you can still build cardio on the bike and you can swim. So yeah. there's mm-hmm. there's options. The world's not over, right? It is nice. To that have. is a good point. Yeah, not over. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And you have to be patient because it takes time. But if you try and rush it, then the setback could be worse. I think that's worth saying again, because for, again, for all of us, mm-hmm. like yeah. type A or whatever, like oh, training as recreational athletes, patience, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a big thing. You can be patient for your goals over long term. You can be patient here too. Mm-hmm. A wise man once said, all you need is just a little patience. Yeah. I don't know who that was. Axel Rose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Oh. <laughs> I think there's gonna be a lot of editing of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? This episode might come out about three months later. Like- <laughs> I don't think there's been ever a podcast where anyone whistled like this. <laughs> I need a pop. He's filter. not even good at it. It's it's the it's the mic. No, yeah. it's not. You're terrible at whistling. Your mic's whistling. Um. I'm going to be the guy that comments, that was horrible. <laughs> that audio is terrible. <laughs> um, I think one one way to help with that is if you focus on, if you turn the act of recovery into your major goal, you know, like shift gears and say like, okay, I need to get better, but like, how do I keep my fitness improving? How do I keep doing this? How do I keep, like switch it and be like, how do I get better the fastest? And that's my new thing I'm going to work at for the next, whatever my doctor tells me is going to, it's going to take. And that now becomes the focus of all my training. Everything I want to do is going to be towards getting me better. One thing I'd mention also is that progress is not linear. Yeah, it's never linear, right? Like, it's it's kind of like hard to, (laughs) like, 
hard to take in, but it's it's like an easy concept. Progress isn't linear. Oh yeah, we get it. And progress isn't linear. We, we all know. But it's not. And you're going to get, you might get injured. Yes. You could get injured. You will get injured if you do, the, you know. Um, and that's okay because progress is not linear. It doesn't mean there's no progress. Mm-hmm. It just means you'll come back stronger. Yeah, if you do things right. And like you said before, since we have three sports, like recently I was hurt and I couldn't really run. So I was like, all right, so I'm just going to throw it all into biking and swimming. And that was good. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Now your biking is just through the roof. You're like pushing huh. Greg. You almost broke him. <laughs> almost. From what I heard. Almost. I There's only been ever. one yeah. person who <laughs> broke Greg on anything. So. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I do have that distinction. You do. <laughs> I hope nobody else gets it. <laughs> That's on a t-shirt. Um, so, okay. So you are injured. Your main focus is I'm going to get better. Mm-hmm. This is it. So do you push yourself? How fast after you get injured can you push yourself? What what should be your mindset around that? Yeah, it's totally Slowly, not fast. Yeah. That's the case. Real slow. Um, is there a barometer? I think... Um, the extent of the injury is mm-hmm. a big one. How long were you out for? Um, where were it? you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was it? Where were you before? What's the chance of re-injury? You know, like if you, if you like crash on your bike and mess up your hip, that to me is different than like an overuse injury, right? Because I just, once I can move my hip again, I'll probably be fine. But if I get an overuse injury, like something caused that, if I didn't fix the thing that caused it, even once I feel better, I'm probably just going to do it again. So I think that's important. I think where your fitness level was beforehand is important. Like if you're a world-class runner who's running 100, 120 miles a week and you take a week off, like you can probably get back to your regular distance pretty quickly. Where if you were running five miles a week and you had to take two months off, like you're starting from ground zero, you know? So I don't think there's one answer. Um, your age probably yeah. also yeah. is a big factor. And I don't give up, you know, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think you also have to, so, you know, take some time to look back and evaluate, well, what did my training look like? What was my lifestyle look like before I got injured? Mm-hmm. And I kind of identify what was that main factor that put you there. And then, so then evaluate that. And if you have your coach talk about it and then say, all right, let's adjust and make sure we don't get don't into do that, that situation again. again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had that problem for like a year and a half with um, my IT band was just flaring up on me every time. And it was my fault for just pushing things too quickly every time. And I'd get over it and then I'd be like, all right, cool, let's get back into it. And then a couple of months later, it'd flare right back up again. And it it took a while. And what I eventually did was I just shut down running. I was like, okay, I'm, I got in my head, I'm like, I'm done with running, period. Like I'll do aqua bikes, I'll ride my bike, like whatever. Um, I'm not going to try and run again. And I took a five or six month break and I found a good, uh, the doctor who did the dry needling and was able to loosen everything up and um, allowed me to slowly start back. And I took forever to get back to running. Like it took me, I want to say it took about four and a half months to go from like a one thirty second run, two minute walk to like a 30 minute jog, you know, and I just slowly built up to it and then knock on wood, I've felt pretty good. You did a 70.3. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With no pain and, you know. And I think it's important to find that right recovery approach because 
um, with with Achilles tendonitis, I I went to PTs, and they their approach was like, we can just get this guy back to his desk at work, and he can walk to the office and from the office, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And so to them, it wasn't you know he's going to go do run a marathon or whatever it is. And so if you, you got to look at your goals and you got to find the right approach, that's going to get you back to your goals. And it's not like the end of the world. If what you're going to, isn't going to get you back to your goals, you find something that does get you there. You can do it. I'm waiting for the part where you say though, then, then you went, went to the next level. Yeah, you went to the wrong PTs, and I think. Then mm-hmm. They yeah. were interested in you yeah. running. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I've said it before uh, I came <laughs> in and I said, Two months. If I don't get better, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like that, because it was just the same thing. They would get me to like, he can go back to his desk and do his job. It's cool. Yeah, and he can walk. And so let me give you a, a little inside tip on why it's like that in most PTs. Oh, mm-hmm. it's because of insurance. Yeah, insurance doesn't care that you want to run a marathon or do a seventy point three. They want to know: Can you function? Can you do your daily job? can you get around the house and the, we'll cover that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do a 70.3, that's on you. That's on you. So yeah. at that point, then the insurance is cut off reimbursing. And then if you're not going to pay out of pocket, then that PT clinic's going to be like, all right, well, you're good. Good to go. Mm. But they never tell you that. They're just like, you're good to go. Yeah. Well, cause they don't want you to see that side of the business. So if you want to be in control of your healthcare, being willing to pay when necessary is, is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like wrong podcast, but then that means like surgeons and surgery is really bad. We'll only cover up until the point where you can just live. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't good. know if it's in all well, no, I'm sure it is. medical like fields, but think about all those elective surgeries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or they call elective, but it might be quality of life things for you, but you know, in the eyes of the people who are footing the bill, it's, you don't need that. You don't need to have, like, think about like dental, right? Like nothing's covered under that. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. really you could just pull the tooth out. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't need <laughs> Eat through a straw. Okay. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Let's, let's get back. Moving to, on. We're not yeah. going to solve the world's yeah. uh, or the United States medical dilemmas on this podcast. So, okay. So you're injured. You're getting back. Your new focus. Oh, no, I have a race in a few weeks or I have a race in six months. Like, is there an approach to that? Like, what do you, what, all right, let's, let's all look at Maryland and have our answer. I've been there a million times. Um, well, don't do what I do. <laughs> so everybody I, listening, don't do what she does. You don't yeah, know what she I does, but don't do that. Um, yeah. Um, depends how close it is, what the injury is. If you could even, yeah, talk to a PT first for sure. Don't yeah. just go and do the race because then I did that and then I couldn't run for months, a lot of months, like five or six months. So yeah, when you look back, though, was it worth it for that race? Um, no, because had I come in here and got an opinion on what I was feeling, I probably would have still been able to do the race mm. and I just maybe would have had to dial it back. But instead, I ended up being out for really long time so i don't think it would have taken me out of the race had i gotten looked at right when it started yeah i think you have to like marilyn said there's too many too many variables to pin it down to one answer Mm -hmm. but like i think 
honestly, the biggest question is, am I going to do long-term harm to myself with this? And I mean, that needs to be the first thing you ask. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if if you're going to, if you have a stress fracture that you're going to cause, you know, real harm to yourself, that's, that's something you say like, no, I'm going to bite the bullet here and eat the race fees and whatever. Um, But then there might just be like, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Then a little tendonitis. Yeah. I mean, but even that it's best to like go to. Yeah. But I mean, like let's, let's play the game of you've got, you know, a thousand dollars sunk in an Ironman race entry. Let's go. Like you have this two and a half year plan. Yeah. And you've gone through everything. You've done the, all the the Mm 70.3s. You've done the 70.3 next spring. Yeah. Gearing up for that full Ironman in Uh late summer, fall. And then something happens. So I'll give you my, this, you might not believe me. This is my honest answer. Completing the Ironman is not for me the biggest goal of that plan. My biggest goal of that plan is to get through that plan. The journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and as I was writing it out, I was more excited about completing the steps along the way than I was about crossing the finish line. So I do think if I was injured, um, I would be able to say like, I'm going to, sit this one out. Mm. Um, and, and I'll be honest, I don't know that I would try it again. Like I, I don't, if I, if I was like, no, this one's not happening, I might be okay. Like I might be able to be a happy enough person to say like, I, I gave it a shot. I feel no. like my heart rate is elevating just listening to this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I could be lying right through my teeth to myself, it's tough. you know, I, and I might do the exact opposite of what I just said. My gut tells me that I'd be okay with it. I guess it depends on timing. Like if you're, if it's two weeks or like a week before and something happens and it's catastrophic, all right, mm-hmm. you got to shut down. But if you have like two months, if you have time, go get it weeks, checked out and have it worked right, on. See what my you options could, are. Yeah, you could, I'm not going to make a decision until right the last minute, but you know, obviously you want to be there at the start line. But yeah, the main thing to remember is when you start a race, race, at the physical capability that you're at, not, you know, especially if you're injured, not, oh, well, you know, a month ago I was here and I could have done this because that'll just make mm-hmm. you have a terrible race. Right. Readjust, yeah, readjust Yeah, your you got to readjust your goals. And I think that might be the thing I'd have the hardest thing with, readjusting the goals, you know? It's hard. So, I don't know. It's a good hypothetical though. Yeah. What would you guys do? I know what I have done. <laughs> I was very fortunate where I was going to next level physio. My coach was the PT. I fell down the stairs. Oh, God. <laughs> I had busted my ass in New Literally. Jersey State and um, the 70.3 Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to do one, but I like just trusted in, in the coach and the plan. And I was like, if I hit certain milestone, I could, I could still do the 70.3. Mm-hmm. And there was just enough time. It wasn't like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely wasn't perfect, but it was just enough time to be able to do it. And then just, I think that that was probably the best outcome of that. Was that your first 70.3? No. Okay. No. Would have made the story much better. <laughs> it was one, it was one of the first and one of the first in, in I think like, 
been a what long do you mean time. one of the first? There's only one first. <laughs> one, is, one of my first. It wasn't like the 10th one or the 15th one. <laughs> I think it was like the second. <laughs> I think it was the second one. Okay. Yeah, that was the first one we did together, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was the second one because I'd done one um, up in New York before. And it was an Iron Man branded. So it was the first Iron Man brand race. Okay. It was the first one with us as a group. Yeah, That's and it was the first matters. Iron Man. And I brand. feel like it's kind of springboarded you. There was the challenge or some some kind of um, other that I that I did at seventy point three. Do you still have any remnants? Of I that? did the ones with with um with the what's his name Iron Cowboy when oh, he was did? doing his fifty. I was one of the fifties he did. Oh, you were there. And this whole did family you, was there. Him? Yeah. You saw him? Yeah. Oh, wow. Don't you remember this I'm so jealous. I know. We talked no, about No, I don't remember it at all. Yeah. He was so high from that meeting him backstage. <laughs> I think he's still working. You raced with him? Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Started with him and everything. Yeah, he was um, Yeah, he was with his, his like bus and his family yeah. was there and his whole... He was with a posse. They all did it with him. I don't know that they all did all the races, but yeah. it was definitely with his own crew. Do you still have remnants of the, um, the fall? um i I think yeah a little bit but it's like slowly getting better wow it's still it's been so scar tissue it's scar tissue that'll just just takes forever to break up Mm -hmm. can we tell the listeners what we're talking about i fell (laughs) on my butt down the stairs hitting every stair on the way down like literally didn't miss one it was just like my luck i was like boom boom boom. i was like Like okay when's this gonna stop and then rich's butt cheek developed a butt cheek (laughs) like He had another butt cheek. It was yeah. pretty impressive. It was, it was so big. I mean, I was selling it. tickets to, to the I show. Remember, did you <laughs> not the skin? But I could see it on his like. Oh, did you when, show me? Maybe you yeah, showed me. Yeah, he showed us when I we were we were at the lake the Friday before. Right, you hadn't made up your mind yet. Yeah, and I think you went to try yeah, it out just, and swim. Yep, and you showed it to us. Yeah, it was yeah. disgusting. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. It was not a pretty sight. No. When bruises turn like all different colors oh, and yeah. stuff. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah. So it was like the size of a baseball at least. Oh my God. Yeah. No, oh, so like a little nice, tiny little butt cheek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I trusted the plan. And yeah. I and it was one of those things where that's what you, that was the perfect, like not the perfect outcome, but the right thing to do. Then yeah. to just kind of say, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this race. But if the training goes well and I hit all my markers and I have patience and I mm-hmm. kind of go through all the steps and I create a different goal and I didn't run mm-hmm. for a, a little while. I wouldn't say I didn't run for long, but I didn't run for a little while, but I was still moving and, you know, kind of trying to, to focus on just getting there. Getting to the start line was the was the goal. I feel like if like so if this were to happen for going into next year training for the Ironman, I 99% I feel like if the injury was something, it would be affecting my run, something with that. Mm-hmm. So then I think what I would do is deny, you know, deny that I'm not going to be able to do a race. Like I was, I'm, I'm doing it no matter what, but then I would have to like really ramp up swim and bike training and then just rest for the run and then go into it just keeping my fingers crossed. Like, all right, I'm gonna, I may be undertrained for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to have to grind out that so was, marathon at the end. Yeah. So it was very interesting. I've done this for a little while. And a lot of people I know who 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 had that like run problem, whatever it was, um, did did running in the pool, and they just like would do this weightless, like they put down that belt oh, that makes. That's like oh, running the alter. It's like running the alter G, but it's even like no weight whatsoever, and yeah. that's what they would do. They would repeat the motion of running, but in the pool. And I'm I haven't read enough papers, and I don't know the answer to this, but apparently that's not a thing. Like, is that do people do that? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Tim O'Donnell came in second or third at Kona in 2019, and he did 
all of his running in the pool in the lead up. Because I think I asked, like, should I just go run? In the, and the answer was, no, don't do it. And I don't know. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just like, so if you if that happens, you're running in the pool, buddy. You're running next to those people that are walking in the yeah, pool yeah. next to you. I think I'll Lucy just try Charles Barkley ran in the pool. Yeah. She hurt herself mm-hmm. when she hurt her hip. Is that a good practice thing? Should we just do that? At what all? what pace are you trying to do? Like, what are you just doing? You're not time, trying to do pace. You just, just to, so yeah, time. Run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My gosh. I can't imagine anything more boring. Like, how much would I, I be not, sweating? I'm not tall enough. Oh. I think the pool would start to overflow. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to be. I think you're supposed to be in a pool where you can't touch the bottom. Oh wow! I think you're supposed like to wear like yeah, you're you're wearing oh, you're like one of those floating, floating belts, uh, and you're you in the move? deep end. You're, you're barely oh. Mom, you're oh, just, you're just this like spinning your wheels. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were like actually. <laughs> I believe no, no. I believe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. No, the people that I've I've talked to and know and, and I've seen are the ones in the deep end, and they're just kind of like almost in one place, <laughs> yeah. and their arms are making them them move a little mm-hmm. bit, not their oh, feet. Wow. Just kind of like running. I think I would hate that. But oh, I think it'd be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine like two hours of that or something? No. Nope. 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 <laughs> mental like, fortitude though. About like one length. Should we be would... telling you like, no, no people, you should do this. Don't, <laughs> don't be, nope, no, no. This is what you should, don't, don't listen. Know. Don't, talk, don't talk do Talk to your healthcare provider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Come to an agreement. You got to uh-huh. do nutrition, bathroom breaks. That's I don't think pool. you're there that long. <laughs> two hours? I don't know. We Maybe. should move on. I don't think yeah. you have to do it for two hours. <laughs> Could you be pushing it if you're injured? Depends on your injury, right? Yeah. yeah probably wanna, not pushing it if Probably not pushing it. I don't want to tell yeah. anybody to push it when they're injured. So we've got all this data coming mm-hmm. at us. Is there any kind of basic numbers people should be looking at week to week in terms of making improvements or plateauing or not plateauing? Like I think I've seen almost everybody who has, <laughs> I don't want to do this to Garmin, but like everybody who has a Garmin has complained <laughs> about their statuses. Like yeah, right. every, me, Spot check on everyone's status. Oh, right forget it. I'm not doing it. Where do you see I'm it? I'm unproductive for the last six watch. months. I think I'm maintaining. I'm productive. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. My watch might be broken now. Yeah, I'm maintaining. <laughs> I still have no status. So I think you've got some setup with your Garmin. No, because you don't have a Garmin head no, unit. It says run outdoors with heart rate twice to see your status. You do I'm that maintaining. Today. I've been running outdoors. Yeah. Oh, wait. I forgot to wear my. Well, the, but this heart rate monitor should count too. Even if you didn't wear it today. Um, yeah. Yeah. It should. So what was the question again? Oh, what what she been looking at? <laughs> what so what's the metric, right? So you're like you're not gonna follow the fact that your garment's telling you you're unproductive no. with every run. Or that you're not, you should, you know, be doing other things. So Yeah. So this ties, I think, into what we talked about the last couple of weeks. If you're following a good plan, that plan should be focused on certain things at certain times of the year. You should be tracking different things at different times of the year. I don't expect my FTP to come up in the base season when I'm cycling. I don't. Because I'm not doing work that should be pushing my FTP up that much. Like I might be getting tiny minuscule amounts because just general aerobic adapt- adaptations. But what I should be seeing when I'm working that ba- working on that base is like I should be seeing an increase in low power at a low heart rate. Like so for me, like right now my my top of zone two is at like. 180 185 so like if i'm in my base period do i see that number increasing at the same heart rate you know so that means i'm getting more efficient or i'm getting more fit at those that power at that effort so i'm looking at that 
when I, then I go into a build phase and like right now I'm trying to do a little bit more FTP work. Like now I should be charting my FTP over time and seeing that increase hopefully, or at least being able to do harder workouts, spend more time in zone and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's keeping something constant and I, yeah. watching something. Else I think you want to be seeing something that, that shows what you're actually working on. So what does, but what you're then saying is don't pay attention to your TSS or your, your RSS or your load for the week or your anything like that. Oh no. All those things too. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look at everything in combination, yeah. right? That's I like what to, he said. For me, like I'm, I feel like I'm just a very simple person. It's just simply for like a certain effort, like how did I feel? Mm -hmm. So like if, mm -hmm. if I'm supposed to do uh, a certain workout and it's endurance pace, did it feel easy? Like, yeah. So either did my heart rate stay low at a set pace or was I able to go faster at the same heart rate? Mm -hmm. And then to me, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm making progress then. So what you're looking at is changing over time, change over time. What I think Greg was talking about is a little bit of a static metric, right? You're no, I'm looking at the same number. thing as he is, but I'm switching what that thing might be from season like cycle to cycle. So is there a static metric that someone can look at and say, this is my fitness, this is how I no, am? I don't think so. HRV. No. no. Mm, that's not going to give that's it to you. That's not Italian. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think there's one thing. I, I think like, so going back to what you said, like where TSS and all that, that's part of the plan. Like that's part of the planning process. That's not what I'm looking at to see, am I improving? Because you're right. Like I don't look at those things to see if I'm improving. I might go back and look at them retrospectively and be like, man, my FTP jumped this much, this much, this much every four weeks when I was doing now, what was I doing to get that? Then I go back and look at it. But like week to week, I'm looking more at, you know, CTL. CTL. Same thing with CTL, retrospective. Like it's, I'm going to plan my workouts. I'm going to hit, you know, I'm going to see progression in how much volume or intensity or both I'm doing. And then if I see an improvement, but I'm, what am I measuring to see improvement? Whatever I'm trying to work on, right? If I'm working on FTP, I want to see my FTP go up. If I'm working on my endurance, I want to see my endurance go up. Could you be working on everything? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I want everything to go up all at once. No, they don't, it doesn't work that way. There are, all right. So you sort can't of. make running improvement gains at the same time that you're making FTP gains at the same time as you're making no. Oh, oh, everything no, 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 no. all the sports? I think oh. you can make, I think you'd be smart to do FTP on the bike and threshold on the run. Like those are both thresholds. Like those are the same kind of cellular adaptations that you're going to see on the bike and the run. So why not do one FTP bike workout and a threshold run workout in a week and probably see both of them go up. Are you talking I about your like your mitochondria? Mm -hmm. Powerhouse of the cell. Talking about right? your mitochondria. <laughs> Had to redeem myself from that HRV. <laughs> Good job. It would have been great if the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mrs. Lippy in sixth grade life science. <laughs> I have the biology and anatomy coloring books. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you've got some data we talked about a little bit more. Okay, so what about race data? Is there anything you can look at to like going into a race about like what you should be expecting? 
in terms of data? I guess it depends how deep you want to dive into it. So it's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, definitely don't go by the Garmin race predictor. No. No, no do not. No. Right? How fast did that say you'd run a marathon? Three, Three something. twenty, yeah, something. I mean, maybe, maybe that's and what you didn't. Me I know it's just a little bit off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have a something to grind, an axe yeah. to grind. I mean, the it always flashes like a sub twenty five k to me. So I I changed the screen to a, a half marathon now. I think. Okay. I think now it tells me one forty five. Is that one of the widgets? Uh, it's where your VO two max is displayed. Okay. And it tells you that, really. Yeah, so my half estimate is 145, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so we know not to look at that. <laughs> what should you be looking at, or if you should be looking at anything for a race? HRV. Is James going to say? <laughs> <laughs> you should look at your mitochondria. Take them out, look at them under a microscope. See how they Go look. Talk to them. blood work. <laughs> yeah. Could you tell me how many mitochondria I have? <laughs> um. And how they're feeling today. <laughs> Are they up for a 145? And what is their HRV? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you have to look at, well, where is your resting heart rate? Like if it's high, you're not recovered, right? Yeah. So that's one. So if you're going to a race and your heart rate's not where, if it's elevated, all right, well, good luck. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were thinking about, Rich? What kind of things were you thinking about with that? Um. Well, I one thing wanted to say, like if, you don't want to go crazy, go by how you feel. Mm-hmm. So you should feel rested and your prediction should be um, somewhere in what in your training plan. Like where you've, you've done all of you've the things. You've done it before. You've done it. Yeah. So uh, a race is nothing more than putting together the pieces of your training. Richard, did you tell me that you don't taper or you don't believe in tapering? I don't taper a lot because I've, because I then I just don't do well. I just start. I don't know what is it. So I go. I go into detraining a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I don't have a lot a big taper. Well, I know some people taper big, um, and then you know kind of go into a race like almost fully rested. Um, I find that I need to run the engine to just keep it going. Maybe your definition of taper is incorrect. Okay. Like maybe the appropriate. Is it a mitochondria and HRV? <laughs> yeah, you're you're not monitoring those properly. <laughs> There's a formula. I mean, because when you taper, you don't just stop. Yeah, but you're, you but you're tapering like taper is like trim a little bit. Well, some or people trim out. a lot, but that's that's what I mean. Okay. Some people so some people just go for like out for a twenty minute run or like you know. 10 minute swim or whatever it is just to get the feel for it but they're n- they're not doing much and you find you do worse if you do a big taper mm-hmm. okay. I'll do a taper for sure so I can be peaking mm-hmm. um, that's the goal that's the goal training peaks mm. creative name they came up with huh um, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other like stuff you should look at pre-race I don't know. I feel weird pre-race. Um, it's tough, I think, if you're new and you haven't done <clears throat> a distance or an event, you know, something of a certain type. Like, if, like I don't know but what you to just, expect on an Ironman day. But you can you go know? on based on what you've done. Like, so if you've done a 1.2 swim or whatever you're yeah. per 100, you can extrapolate the number for your 1.2 swim. Yeah. And you can extrapolate, like, if, you're, if your average speed on the bike is 
15 miles an hour and you're going to need to bike 56 miles, you can figure out how long that's yeah, going to yeah. take you. And that, you know, yes, you're going to look at how many hills it has and how many right. things it has. And if your average run pace is 10 minute miles and you got to run a half marathon, then you yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. can, you can definitely, yeah. And I if you can say, okay, but I've ran it as... fastest at this point in the training. And yeah. maybe if I do that, then that's my time. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's only things you can, yeah. you can use as race predictors. Sure. Makes you evaluate how were your key sessions leading up to the taper? How did they feel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How well did you do? Did you hit the numbers? Did you get the proper stimulus? And then that's it. And then once you hit the taper, like the work's been done. There's mm-hmm. no matter nothing what, else. there's no telling until that day. <clears throat> you yeah. could do all that in training, and that day you just have a shitty day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's probably not going to happen is like you do all your workouts at 200 watts yeah, and then go yes. out and be like, I think I could do 250 today. Right. Like, yeah. That's, don't that's, do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't think the tapers. Look at your mitochondria. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to get a mitochondria monitor. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's a good point, right? Don't yeah. don't try to do more. more. Even if it's a little more. Yeah. Don't do it. Especially, Especially in a long race. Yeah. The longer the race, the less yeah. room for that there is. When mm-hmm. you're pumped up at the start line. Yeah. 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 You're like, oh, here comes that. 26 minute swim no probably not yeah and then after 200 yards you're like yeah definitely not I feel like we could end on a good one when should you get then a coach when you decide to always no I I mean I don't know I'd I'd like to know I wonder I bet like USAT probably has numbers on this but like how many people actually have a coach um and like what their stats look like. I don't care about race time, but like how many races they do, like how involved they are in the sport versus people who don't. Um, I don't know. I mean. I would say more people don't. Yeah, I would say so too, right? Mm-hmm. I guess it depends like what is your goal, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. yeah, if you're just finishing and which is fine, like you want to complete it or you, it's a recreational thing and you, you kind of use it as travel and you, you want to explore different race fun. venues for yeah. fun. That's one thing, but if you, not say you want to be like competitive or podium, but you want to do your best, but let's say you've tried it for a while and you're either not getting better, you're not getting the results you want, or you're constantly hitting um, roadblocks, then maybe maybe you don't have the the proper knowledge to, to build a yeah, training plan. I think that's the biggest thing is like mm-hmm. when you feel like you're not doing what you want to do, that's, that's when you get one, mm-hmm. right? When you're not able... And that might be uh, the other option. The other side of that is when you just don't want to be bothered by it. Yeah. Right. Which is a le- hundred. When we're talking about reducing stressors, like there's a point, there's a point where like <laughs> you pay for services. Like I can pay $5 a week to have shop, the people at ShopRite pick out my order for me. That $5 is 100% worth it for the stress of me not having to set aside an hour and a half of my week to go grocery shopping. I'd pull up into spot number two and they bring me out my bags of food and that's well worth the cost and no judgment no i don't you can judge all you want i don't care i'm still doing it tomorrow <laughs> like i uh, you there's a point where you it, like if you can study and you love all this stuff and you want to do it then cool but there's people who say like i'd rather just pay somebody else to do it for me mm-hmm. and i want to wake up and look at my watch and do what the watch says and there's nothing wrong with that and then there's the case like you're talking about where you've got, you know, you just feel like you can't get the most out of yourself by trying to program your own training. 
So and I also think too, if you're doing something you've never tr- like attempted before either. So if you're in uncharted waters, right. and like, I think those are probably swimming. the people who are least likely to hire a coach mm. because it's like, oh, I'm not good enough to even think about like needing this or whatever. Um, but that's probably a subset of people who could get a lot from somebody. I'm just saying like them. if you've only done, let's say sprints or Olympics and like, you know, I'm going to go for that 70.3 or mm-hmm. Ironman. Right. But maybe you've survived on sprints and Olympics, but maybe you don't have the confidence to get yourself through that. Sure. Longer training. And that's the moment where you say, all right, I get a coach. Mm-hmm. It's a little more complicated to train for three sports, especially as you get to a longer distance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's tough to figure it out, and I'm, I I do it for myself, and I I probably only do it for myself um, because I like to use myself as like a test subject, you know, knowing that I'm working with other athletes, I like to be able to try different workouts out and try different cycles and and figure out like what those things feel like, and so like when I prescribe something for you, James, that uh, like. I've either done that or something like that. And I know like what it should feel like and how tired you should be afterwards and that kind of stuff where maybe I wouldn't, if I had somebody else doing my programming and I was doing your programming separately and stuff. So, you know, I might be holding myself back a little bit by not having a coach, but I think I gain more, um, from like my knowledge base with coaching myself. Do you ever feel like you need a coach? (laughs) I don't know if I'm at a spot yet where I need a coach. Um, I still think I'm, I've got fitness gains that I'm just like, you know, other than having somebody like hold, like feeling like almost guilty about like skipping a session, like, and like, oh shoot, they're going to look and see the square is not green. Like maybe, but we can do that for you Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. to put you on the spot. If you had to choose one of us three to be your coach, oh God, (laughs) (laughs) who would you choose and why? (laughs) The guy who said mitochondria. Yeah. Not I, mean, I know, guy. not me. Not it's not me, but <laughs> you have to choose between Rich and Marilyn. <laughs> no, we're not answering that question. I love you guys all equally. Yeah. You're wonderful. So maybe all three of us should coach you. Yeah, you yeah. guys can each rotate through each uh, thing, each discipline. Rich, have you been doing any of my swim workouts I've been programming you? He's not doing my workouts. I am. I've done, um, I've at least done one or more of the workouts you both programmed. Um, this, I don't know that this makes sense for this podcast so we can edit it out but whoever programmed the swim I was like oh this is cool yeah 10 minute rests wait what I put 10 minute rests in there by accident 10, I'm like why is this workout 2 hours I'm like alright whatever two, it literally oh, I said 2 and, and a half that, hours I couldn't figure out why it was oh, I'm like oh, it I, looks like it's okay but I, I didn't put 10 I, seconds I didn't, I didn't look at, so Oops. instead of like seconds, instead of 10 and 20 seconds, he's got 10 and 20 minute rests. So just so we're clear. I couldn't figure right. it out. And you know what it was? Cause I was like, before when I was putting 10 seconds, I would do the full, you know, zero, zero colon zero. And then I put in 10, it just, it just, I thought it was doing automatically assuming it was just 10 seconds, but mm. it's putting in as 10 minutes. And oh. then, so then the thing shows up as like yellow because I Because you didn't do enough time. It. No, no. Uh, yeah, or, or because or, I've, the, the, the stress score is higher because I've done it faster or more or no, whatever. because of time. Because of time. Or, yeah. Yeah. I deleted it like I so many like, times and redid it. I was like, what is wrong with this thing? Yeah. So. 10 minute. Uh, 
Okay, sorry. Um, and the, I, I don't know, like whatever bike was, it was, it, I don't, it wasn't anything recent because I've been working on on something else recently. I but I think I, I, if if they have been, maybe I've done one or two recently. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the swim workouts. <laughs> Wait, who's doing the tracks? Me. Uh. Uh oh. I haven't done anything recently that are, or maybe the last one I did was yours, mm. I think. This is riveting. Was it the build? Was it the, yeah, I know. We've got to cut this out. Was it the build? Was it that one? I don't know what I did. Maybe. And it's just because they look so similar to others, like I can't tell anymore. I envisioned this as a part where like, oh, well, like our excellent programming skills and then people <laughs> being interested. It didn't that, go uh, that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't um, I don't think you guys did anything like super crazy. It was good. It was fine. Because Rich is our, basically our test subject. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'd let somebody be it. I'd be somebody's test subject. But no, no, for, no. Wilmington's too, too risky. important. Yeah. yeah, it's too risky with you. <laughs> we gotta important. protect we you should at ed- all costs. We should edit this out too. <laughs> it's not that important. If you go down, I then we all I go down. <laughs> I see where I stand. <laughs> but Rich, he's got that third butt cheek anyway. <laughs> okay. We do it because we love you. I know. Mm. All right, are we good? Yeah. <laughs> We'll hit pause and then we can keep talking if you want. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. It's another episode of the Quad Pod. Uh, hopefully you guys learned something about how to handle a little bit of adversity when it's thrown your way. Um, if you like this, please give us a five-star review rating. Give, leave a review, leave a comment, any of the above, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. That's all we got for tonight. Thanks everyone for listening to the Next Level Quad Pod. We really appreciate you spending time with us and listening to everything that we have to offer. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review and a rating. Those little things go a long way towards us being able to bring you more content like this. If you'd like to learn more about what we have to offer, please go to our website at goteamnltry.com. There, you can find out about all the different things we provide that can help you reach your athletic potential. Thank you again for finding time in your busy schedule to spend some time with the Quad Pod.